You are listening to Therefore a Geek Podcast, episode 52. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore a Geek. I'm Andrew. Do you want me to introduce myself? I, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, you know. Oh, is that how it is? I, yeah. I'm Tracy. I'm Tracy. Well, you I'm got, kidding. You, you do it's have Joseph. long hair. I do have long It's me again. It's Joseph. Welcome back. It's the dude. <laughs> Excited to be here. So, uh, yeah, as, as we're, we're looking to uh, expand to a, a weekly format, we're, we're adding, uh, adding dude in as... A somewhat uh, regular co-host. Back from the exile. It's been two years since I've been on this podcast. Been returning from purgatory. What What's the weather where you are right now? Actually, it's nice. Is it? It's sixty right now. It was it is, eighty. It, it is almost seventy here. Okay. It was Tomorrow it will probably be week. thirty. Okay. Yes. It is. It's sixty right now. It was eighty for the last week. I mean, you're in San you're in San Diego. That's just that's yes. that's what the weather's yes, like. I just want to remind people of that over and over and over again. <laughs> you finally made it. Finally, right? Well, how many years? Eight years. Eight. Uh, well, no, no I lived seven. in Northern yeah. California. So you can that's count. true. But 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 to really get there took you took you seven years. Yeah, and it's still it's so goddamn expensive. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I finally made it. Oh God, I can't afford this place. Excuse me, while I rent a shoebox. Right. I, I listen, dude. I got a great deal on a two-bedroom apartment. You say that your landlord told me how much she was charging, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" You thought that was too much? It's more than my mortgage. Yeah, but for two-bedroom apartment out here. No, no, no. I I, I realize and, that, but and understand that San Diego, I think, is the third highest uh, real estate cost. Oh like yeah, in terms of yeah, in the country. So. There was for two bedroom you could not beat this. The low end on a two bedroom, a crappy two bedroom, is like thirteen hundred. Yeah, so your 14, um, your landlord was actually was actually like stunned at how little I was charging you for rent. <laughs> yeah, she's like she's like how much? Like I mean, you have different cost of living here, hon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, today we're not we are not uh, here to discuss real estate in, in various portions of the country. We are, in fact, going to talk some uh, tabletop uh, wargaming and just wargaming in general, I think. Dude actually had a, a post on the site uh, this past week, the fir- first of a, of a two-part series on women in wargaming. It's the girls, go to, girls go to war. And he, you and I have been pretty avid wargamers for a long time. That's, uh, that's actually how we were. What actually that's got, how we met. Yeah. So one of our professors introduced us because we both played uh, Warhammer 40K, mm-hmm. and we both suffered through that for quite a while. Oh yeah, I I think to start we should definitely try and pin down what wargaming means. There's a a really good it's about an hour long though video from uh, Dice Tower these guys who review board games right right and one of their episodes is like their top ten war games. The problem is it's the top 10 for three different guys, so it goes on forever. And oh, it was amazing. Yeah, it went on forever. But what was amazing is at least the early part of the video, they talk about how do you define a war game. And they had a very, very loose uh, definition of a war game. It was like, if it had conflict in it, it's a war game. And I kind of went, that's a little too loose. I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen games of Uno end up with conflict. Right, right. Full, so, full contact Mexican Uno. Oh yeah, like Monopoly. There's blood has been spilt over that game. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so I think to be fair, we, we, like just to start, I think war games are are basically a a game, be it board game or miniature game, 
where it is combat, not so much conflict, but combat between the military services of two or more uh, powers. States. Yeah, two or more, you know, states <laughs> or some sort of quasi state. So that way we can include all the historical games and also the science fiction ones. Uh, I think you get uh, it gets a little muddy when you talk about kind of the war on terror stuff because you know some of those are non-state actors. But I don't know of any war on terror or war of terror games yet, so I don't yeah. know how to define that. No, I, I can't think of any either. So that's that's basically how it is because that way we can include games like Star Wars Armada and Star Trek Attack Wing or Star Wars X Wing along right. with along with uh, Axis and Allies or uh, a Command and Colors game. Right. And like I said, I mean, you and I started off, um, with the exception of like board games, I think our our first real foray into like the heavy duty, hard, you know, we consider hardcore stuff is probably Warhammer. Uh, I know you, you also played Fantasy. Yeah. I started with Warhammer Fantasy Battles. I must have been 13 or 14. Right, and I got into. I actually got my first set of stuff for 40k. Actually, probably about the same time it was because I got it in Scotland over over New Year New Year's ninety nine to two thousand. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and I loved it. It just it's weird because now when you talk to people about it, like when I guess when you grow up with it and all your friends are are, are willing to do it, it seems normal. But then when you talk to people about these kind of games and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got to buy this freaking tank that's $75. Do you want to play this game, too? Right. And No, no, they don't. And I, I totally get it now. Like looking back and after, you know, falling completely out of love with Games Workshop. And that, that, it's and like, that, I can that, understand that. That was a hard fall for, I think, both of us. We, aside from the, the, the monetary input when we, we spent a lot of time playing those games. We absolutely did. I don't remember. I know I made a big, a big scene out of my falling out with games workshop. I don't really remember yours. I, mine was kind of like a gradual thing. Just, yeah. Especially when, when I moved to Virginia, there was nobody else who played. Like, yeah, the, there was that place up in Newport news and I, I tried to crack into that group and that was not easy. Yeah. So aside from that, it was, it was rough. Uh, fun, fun story on this. I've actually started getting back into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when I say a little bit, I mean, Tracy's been, been interested in playing for a while and, and the time and money and effort commitment is a little much, I think for her at oh, least, yeah. at least currently. So we're, we're actually going to do kill teams. Right. So, you know, fairly, fairly cheap, fairly easy, you know, single squad. Right. And, and you've I think, got enough armies that you could do that, right? You've got a couple of Space Marine and a couple of Tau. Yeah. You know, no, I, I, I definitely can. But, I mean, it's also like, you know, time and effort-wise, it's just a lot easier. And the games only last like an hour. Right. At most. Right. I think that's... So, with this new kind of emergence of board games that's appeared over the last couple of years that I think you've noticed and I've noticed. And if we're noticing it, it's been around a little while. It's just been growing. Right, right. It, and it may have, someone was telling me, it may have started in the bars, like kind of hipster bars were adding board games, you know, to kind of not make it look like a rowdy place, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so th- that's that started, and now all kinds of people are jumping into it. And, you know, you've done, I, I, I don't know, but you've done like board game nights with friends and stuff like that before recently, right? Uh, just kind of started getting back into doing that. Um, board games, card games, right? That kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think I think the bar element. I also think it was just one of those people have like looked back and be like, you know, we really like playing games. They're fun, but like video games are kind of not social necessarily. We can play online, but you're not playing with your friends really. You're not hanging out with your friends. I would say, yeah, it's just not personal. Yeah. So I think a lot of that is also where that has gone, where that, is, where that has come from is, is, is an effort to be more personal and social. Right. And yeah, and have a lot of fun. I know a few of um, our mutual friends really started getting into it a couple of years ago. And yeah, I think you're right. I mean, of our friends, of, of, these are probably some of the more hipster ones. 
Right. And they're not war games. Let's just let's stretch that out there. They're very right. rarely combat-oriented war games. Right, it was usually like Settlers of Catan and that kind of stuff. It's always Settlers of Catan because they Settlers of Catan is at every single convention. They demo it all the time. So everyone you know, and their sister is playing Settlers of Catan. Except for except me. me. Yes. I've never yes. played Settlers of Catan. Ne- neither have I. So I feel like such the dweeb when I'm like, yo, I like war games, board games, war games. You play Settlers? Nope. What the hell is that? <laughs> but I, I noticed while playing these board game nights, you know, they're all group games. You know, some of them adversarial, some of them competitive uh, co-op. And some of them very, very cool. But comp- war games were not part of it. And... I think war games will always remain that kind of niche field, yeah. even amongst this resurgent, just by its very nature of being, in most cases, a 1v1 type game. Yep. Right. War games at their purest are 1v1. You, you can stretch that out a little bit when you get into the Axis and Allies and Risk domain, but that's, that, that's a, a very loose war game. Right, because that you you and you don't you have the tactical element. Yeah. Axis and allies to some extent because you have different units. You know, you have the the boats, or the ships, the battleships, the carriers, the planes, the bombers, and the tanks, that stuff. Right. Whereas risk was just like, here's a <clears throat> cannon, but that counts as like five dudes, right? Something like that. Right. Um, so the games you and I played to make that distinction were were either tabletop miniature war games, Flames of War. Warhammer Forty Thousand, Battlefleet Gothic, which was my favorite. That was, I think, of all the all of them, BFG uh, was my favorite. I think you loved you loved the idea of the game. The, you despised the rules. So, looking back on it now, I, I <laughs> in retrospect, having played having played Attack Wing and X Wing and Armada, Battlefleet Gothic was brilliant in its simplicity, but it may have been a victim of its own success in that respect. That its movement and how to move and when to move made perfect sense. It was very intuitive. What I didn't like was the way they ran their gunnery rules. Because you had situations where cruisers were outgunning battleships. Right? And it was like, that's not how this works. So, yeah, I, I, I had problems with it. But it was the it, best of that group. It, it was also a, a pacing issue, though, wasn't it, too? It was The games were just slow. Yeah, there's always that issue. Um, I mean, all the games are were, were fairly slow. Um, we were ta- I was talking about this with another. That, that's the other thing about these war games. So one, they're one v one in most cases. With the tabletop miniature games, it's that upfront cost right. that we're talking about. So that's the. And then yes, you come down to the time in, in, involved. In the time, now we got really good at 40k, right? So we could get a 40k game done. In about 90 minutes. I mean, you say really good. It's either we were really good or we all really sucked and just... We equally didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, yeah. We would, we would. One of us would get wiped out in 90 minutes. Yeah. But... but I, I, have, I, have, I, have, I have fond memories of a couple of games where once you figured out that you should start using demolisher cannons on me... Oh, yeah. That, like, <laughs> the game was over in 45 minutes because I had no Space Marines left. Yeah, that was. But uh, to your credit, you weren't one of the armies I cleared the field of. No, like, no, that never happened. Not. Never happened, and you, you were very uh, happened to John, uh, Mark, and Jordan. All this <laughs> just <laughs> obliterated. But I actually got relatively good at 40k because I started playing it right after college. The two years after college, I was playing it in New Jersey a lot. Right. I was playing with these tournament level guys. Yeah, those eight, those eighteen fifty armies, and the first, co- I mean, the first dozen games, half dozen games, I got smoked. Like no joke, I was getting run the f over, like by Eldar. Like that never happened, right? <laughs> How are you kidding me? Space elves, and then I started to figure <laughs> it out. And basically, the answer was uh, just more tanks, of course, right? And and just put up a bunch of heavy weapons teams, and so. But that that thing was we, we got good at it, so we got into a flow. You know, the rule books are dense as hell, and not to mention, you need more than one. Not only that, they need like three. They changed constantly. Yes. Uh, you had the story. I think it was your brother had gotten, and we anyway, we have no no idea if this is you know true or not. But basically, the rules would get changed based on what pissed off the guys working for Games Workshop. 
Yeah, that was, there was a story about uh, unloading dudes from transports. Like that you couldn't move the transport before or after you unloaded them or disembarked them. Right. Or something like that. It was a very strange rule. Whereas basically people were just rolling up transports, spinning them around, dumping the guys off and spinning them around again. And the, the, this is pure hearsay. But the story was that someone did it in a tournament to one of the designers. Right. And the designer was like, you can't do that. And he's like, there's nothing in the rules that say I can't. And the guy's like, I wrote the rules. And he's like, well, then show me. And then right. the next year they changed it. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, very arbitrary. Workshop, yeah, Games Workshop I don't think is known for playtesting very well, much like Wizards of the Coast. Um, I checked Wikipedia <laughs> recently, and uh, their money is down. They they just disbanded Warhammer Fantasy Battles last year. Um, they disbanded Battlefleet Gothic in 2013. They, they added a new game, which is like a Warhammer Fantasy Battle version of 40K. With the circular bases. Uh, the Age of Sigmar? Yeah, which looks ridiculous. I'm not buying it, another set of games. Well, it, it's basically, it's kill teams. It's, it's basically a squad base, a squad level. Right. Like, it's, like, not, ar- it's, not, like ar- it's not like armies, I don't think. I think it's like, right. basically they took, from what I understand, they took the Lord of the Rings system, system and just made it, made it uh, Warhammer Fantasy. Did you, did you take a crack at the Lord of the Rings system? Never. I did. I did. I, I, I did. It, was, it wasn't it was actually that bad. It was quite fun. But again, another upfront cost. And again, you just had to buy all these rules. So on the other side of all of this, you have these board games that are super, super niche. And I remember my friend Baruch's girlfriend talking about that. She doesn't play them just because they don't look pretty. You know, they don't look right. aesthetically pleasing. And they don't. Like if you would grab a box to Command & Colors Ancients, which is like the, the image on the bottom of the post that went up on Thursday is a, is an image from the cover of the box. It doesn't look like a very sophisticated game. It looks like, you know, no, not at all. Like a, like a college student painted that it's really not, they didn't really put much money in the art and it's very simple. So there's no miniatures, but, but what's beautiful about it, in my opinion, is why I've been playing it a lot lately and getting people to play it is that it's on a board. Everything's First off, everything's contained in the box, right? So you don't have to bring an army. I don't have to bring an army. I don't have to buy an extra rule book, you know, core rule books, right? Uh, all that kind of stuff. It's all in the box. There's no miniatures, which turns some of the hardcore war gamers off. Yeah. Um, because they want miniatures. There are little stickers on blocks, which, you know, use your imagination. It's fine. And it's historically s- scenario-based. So you fight from historical battles in history, depending on what you're, what version you're playing. So right now, my favorite is the one from the Napoleonic's campaign, uh, or the Napoleonic's war uh, in the Peninsula campaign. Right. That made Wellington famous, uh, and it's really cool because you could just sit down, teach it to someone, and they can play it on the spot. And that's why I kind of got the girls into it because I think, like you said. Tracy didn't want to deal with the upfront cost. And most women don't, I think, like that that complexity stuff. Like in those group board game nights, people are playing really easy to play group games that everyone can do together. You know, even Munchkin seems daunting to some people. Yeah. Although man, it, it, Munchkin is fun. It is it is a lot of fun. I've gotten my coworkers hooked into it. But I remember teaching it to them, and notably and maybe this is not indicative of all of them, but but representative of all of them. But the girls were like, I don't get this. This is really complex. I don't want to play. Like, almost within the first round. And it took them a second. Once they got it, they were fine. Okay? But imagine looking at a game like 40K or even Command & Colors Ancients or some of those other ones, Flames of War, which was another one I loved. Yeah. Um they're not going to want to do that. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? I got to go buy these army guys and paint them and then read this rule book as thick of as thick as my thumb. Like, no, no. So that's why I, I, I think it, it will remain a niche field and mostly a, a guy niche field for a long time. Yeah. I mean, there are some, there are some, you know, we mentioned a couple of games, you know, other than like, uh, like Warhammer, but like some of like the Star Wars Armada and stuff that, that at least cut some of that crap out where you're buying, you know, pre-painted stuff and 
Yes, that, and, that, and I think that I think that's a not cheap. No, although admittedly not that much more, not, not really not that different than than the Warhammer stuff. No, not necessarily. Yeah, For like, like in terms of like like what I would consider unit equivalency. Mm-hmm. The the scale is very small though. <clears throat> These Star Wars games play small. Yeah. Um, X Wing is like a collection of fighters. Yep. Um. Attack wing for our Star Trek. Someone had an interesting. It's like for each ship on the field, it's the the gameplay increases by thirty minutes or something. So it's wow. very small. Yeah, it's like very small. Um, and Armada is fairly small. You'll maybe have two, three big ships and a bunch of fighters. I, I actually kind of want to play Armada and and. I I bought a whole bunch of. I I think I impulse buy bought a whole bunch of Armada stuff, and I'm like, oh great, now no one's gonna play it with me. I got like two starter sets, uh, a starter destroyer, and a calamari cruiser. Like I got, I'm set. Like if you want to play, if you come out here, you want to play. <laughs> we got a full, dang fleet to play. Yeah, I that mean, was a lot of money up front, and I'm like, why did I do that? Yeah, no, but I mean, like something like that. I mean, you and I have always kind of wanted, like, be it in wargaming or video gaming, like games that just big ships pounding on each other. Oh yeah, there's a there's an MMO out right now I want to try. It's called World of Warships. I saw some guys playing it on the base the other day. It, it looks interesting. I don't know much about it, but it's basically like an MMO where you start out as a destroyer, and you can like work your way up to like an Iowa class battleship. Yeah, it's funny. So I actually just started playing um, Star Trek Online again because I have a lifetime membership and I haven't played in that in about three years. Um, Do you so, have to keep paying for it? No, 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 no. Like I paid, I paid like. Like 150 bucks up front, right? Okay. And I've got like like lifetime access. Okay, those servers are still up and still running. And stuff. Oh yeah, they, no, they just came out with they, they they've been doing like new new content like I think every six months to every to yeah it's got to be about every six months because they're on season 11. Okay. And it's it's been out for about eight years, and they started doing the seasons after after the first couple of years. Okay, and how are the graphics holding up? pretty well i mean my computer's old so it's you know it's it's fighting me a little bit but graphics are pretty good i'm I'm trying to get trying to figure out like how the all the skill point skill points and things have changed so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm like i've got a character that that is at what used to be the level cap Mm -hmm. and the level cap hasn't gone up by much but i'm just sitting here i'm like shit I have no idea how this character how this character works anymore. <laughs> I, I'm really pumped about uh, keeping with video <clears throat> games the the Total War series taking on Warhammer Fantasy Battles. Yeah, that'll be fun. I've been watching it. I know there's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of controversy because you can only right now it seems like you can only play as Chaos if you pre-order it, and that pissed a lot of people off. Right, uh, um, but. Overall, it seems it seems pretty good. It's coming out in April. I hope that they've learned their lessons from Rome Two, um, and that disaster that that was Rome Two Total War. But I, I'm I'm excited about it. I think this this could be a cool platform, and then maybe they can dovetail it into maybe a 40k based uh, game because that would be as, fun. As fun as Dark Crusade and Soulstorm were, uh, they get really repetitive and kind of boring because. It's basically a, a skirmish battle over and over and over again. Yeah. And then you have those fortresses, which are like a level to overcome. So it, it does kind of get a little lame. There, there's a lot more of the the tactics and a lot less of the strategy. Right. And I'll say this just for those who don't know, like a skirmish game is basically, if you were to play these war games, it was basically, it's a custom game. You pick a map and... You'd start with a an HQ and a builder, and but both sides start with an HQ and builder, and you basically see who could outbuild the other player. That's basically what it is. So it's not really uh, a battle in the traditional sense of the word. It's a 4x game, and it's it's it do, it doesn't it doesn't incorporate tactics the way a Total War game does, where you are kind of doing 4x, like the expand, ex, exterminate, uh, explore type. Uh, thing, but then you build these armies and you do a tactical combat with the armies, which is always the part that I liked. 
I wish more games would do that. This is why I like getting back to Command and Colors, is it's a tactical game. You sit down and you cross the opponent and you play a historical battle tactically. Um, and it's simple. And like, like I said, in the, in the article, we got two girls to play a, uh, a tactical battle game, and I think they both liked it. I, they had, they did have, I'll tease some of the, the things they said about it uh, if you want. Sure. But I, th- I thought it was pretty interesting. Because both girls, both girls were gamers to some extent. You know, uh, one of them was my girlfriend, Donnell, and the other was a co-worker named Siobhan. And you know, Donnell really likes D&D. And I know you've been getting into uh, DMing and stuff like that. Yeah. Or the role-playing stuff. Not really my thing, but she loves it. And uh, Siobhan is more into those kind of co-op deck building games. Like, you ever hear of a game called Dominion? Yes. Um, I actually played that with, with our friend Sam and Mitch. Okay. I guess Mitch wasn't on, but we played it with Sam. That was a lot of fun. Got my ass kicked. Me too. Like, Sam, Sam has wiped out. Sam has some, like, amazing, like, strategy involved and just just ran the table with us. Yeah, so we were playing with this other guy. He had some card. I just remember it was called the Chapel, and it allowed him to discard stuff. So he was just chapeling, for lack of a better term, other cards that allowed him to have a really small hand, which yeah. allowed him to do stuff and just wiped us out. And what's the other game she likes to play? Seven Wonders. Do you know that game? I don't. So it's very interesting. It's, it's like a, a card drafting game. You know what I mean by that? It's it's mm, similar to no. it's it's similar to you play Magic the Gathering, right? You have my Magic the Gathering stuff. I do. I left it. Yes, I left it for you. You left some um, good stuff in there. I I know, but I just I don't want it anymore. I know right. it's good stuff. But when you played Magic Drafts, everyone had a pack of cards they bought from the store. I used to do this at Greg's when I was in college, back in uh, Westfield. Everyone bought a little pack, a blister pack of Magic cards. You opened it up, you look through it, uh, you pick a card for yourself, and you pass the pack to your left. Right, and you you repeat the process. Seven Wonders is similar to that, but it's got the theme of building one of the seven ancient wonders of the of the world, hmm. and you it's kind of you build up this little civilization with cards. Interesting. And at the end of the game, it has a set time limit, so it's very fast paced. I'm not going to go into all the rules, but at the end of the game, you compare how well you built up your civilization. And then you, you, similar to Dominion, you take you take notes. You count up all the, all the, uh, the guilds and the wonders and the architecture and the technology that you've built up over the course of this game, and and you compare numbers. Right. And I was DFL two out of the three games. Nice. I mean, yeah, it's not my kind of game, but that's the games these girls play. So. Late at night, it was late. It was New Year's Eve. Late night, we we set the table. Both of them knew this was coming. I wasn't springing it on them, so we set it up. And it was so funny because one of the girls that were there saw the game come out, saw it being opened up, and and I'm explaining what it is. And she immediately goes, "I like just out of nowhere goes, I have no interest in this game," and left. Wow. Like le- I was like, okay, so maybe there is something to this idea that you know girls are a little adverse to it. And they played the game. I really didn't give them much in the way of tactical advice, although I may have, one of them may have taken my advice a little to the heart. I said, don't leave guys hanging out in the field alone because they'll get crushed. And um, they took that really literally. So they, they took pains to move everyone together. You can't, <laughs> you can't really do that in that game. You can move maybe two or three or four at a time. Right. So it slowed them down a little bit. I, I would say, you know, there are some guys who are just not going to be a part of the battle, right? As in right. real battles. In, in ancient times, there was reserves and there were guys on a certain wing that just never saw combat while the other side of the battlefield was getting hacked to pieces. Right. That's, that's representative of it. And so it kind of slowed them down a little bit. And the other thing was there was a reluctance on the part of the two girls to engage in close combat. There was a lot of arrows and javelins being flung but not much close combat, which I thought was pretty interesting. But overall, they didn't play it much differently than I, I think you and I would have played it for the first time. So I, I think there's something to it 
that you know if girls could get into this game if they wanted to but i don't i don't know if they ever would because i'm not sure if it's that a war game by nature of what it what it is right war combat right and that they're not gmt doesn't produce particularly pretty games um (laughs) i'm not sure we're going to see a a surge of girls into war games the way we have with you know comic books right or board games i don't i don't i'm not certain that's going to happen and i like your thoughts on it I think you're probably right in terms of I think you and I have been playing these long enough to you know you see the same type of people involved yeah. it, it really doesn't matter it's funny because you'll hear people oh I can't I'm not I don't play that fucking stupid game you know oh, I can't stand this or that and you're like but but basically it's the same person in a, in a different game there's always something they're going to bitch about but it's like no matter what system you go to like it's the same people yeah, and that's really interesting because one of the girls kind of when we we had like a sat, sit down post interview where we just kind of talked about right. it, right? And one of them was anxious about I don't want to. She basically said that she was like I don't want to walk into a room with a bunch of socially awkward guys who can't get laid who don't like women. And I was like, that's pretty <laughs> presumptuous, but not wrong. But maybe not entirely wrong. I, I, what I did find funny was like you said like socially awkward like you know they chose that, <laughs> right? Like. Right. That's how they want to be, you know. That's not, certain, that's not most of them. Not most of them. I mean, maybe so, you know, most some of them are just. I mean, that's I'm, just the hands they've been dealt. We're both socially awkward outside our comfort zone. Right. Well, I was gonna say, I would say there are there are also those who are socially cantankerous. Yes. And 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 happy to be so. Sure. Yeah. And and <laughs> and it's funny when it comes to like war gamers, particularly historical war gamers, they love all they really can do well is talk about history so th- these are the kind of guys that are referred to as uh, i've seen referred to as old old grognards <laughs> i don't know that what's that okay, so that's a good uh, actually and it's 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 fitting for your your near new newfound interest in, in the napoleonic eras is grognards were basically like Na- napoleonic soldiers who were veteran enough that they could basically bitch to their commanders about stuff okay the old right. And and where this where this comes from is back when actually when D and D was created, and, and it's still used in in especially in role playing circles. But like making that transition because a lot of this was the transition from military tabletop gaming transition into D and D basically, right? Like the first couple of Gen Cons were really all about all about that kind of miniature gaming, mm-hmm. and you had these old older gen older guys who who played and like they were just very set in their ways and and mm-hmm. you know bitching and moaning and whatnot yeah they, they you know this is this is how this is how you play the games and this is the only way you should play the games mm-hmm. so they got they got referred to as 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 the old grognards uh, it's very apropos yeah and and now now a lot of like role-playing gamers will take it almost as a as a as a point of pride <laughs> well, in terms sure, of like, in terms sure. of, they've been playing for so so many years, right? Like you know, like someone who's been playing D and D since you know second edition or or fucking Red Box or something, you know, they'll often refer to themselves as a grognard. Mm-hmm. It was really funny. Here's a good illustration. So Baruch and I are still trying to feel our way through Napoleonics, right? right. Command College Napoleonics, and there was a guy teaching a naval combat miniature game across the table, across the room from us. And they had just wrapped it up. And, and it was amazing is because this is part of the problem with those miniature games. They take forever. We set up and finished two Command and Color Napoleonic battles. Nice. And they were still in the midst of their game. Yeah, there was, there was um, speaking of, and I don't, I, unfortunately I don't know the name, I've seen it played at um, MarsCon. Mm-hmm. It was basically, it's guys who already had the stuff because I know it's out of print. But instead of like, magic cards you would buy like a pack and inside was a little cardboard like punch out boat yeah sailing ship oh yeah um i have those i have four of them right here what is that seas of fire i think it's called yeah i I never i never caught the name but i've definitely i've seen guys play that i'm like that looked really cool it is and then and then it's out of print it's like you yes it's out of print baruch found me a couple of them you buy like a blister pack and inside are two ships and the it's all self-contained so if you collect these packs 
you can build up these fleets that are preset. Right. And you can build it. It's really neat. I have four of them right over my left shoulder. I haven't even tried them yet. But it is it is quite cool. Uh, but what was funny, these guys wrapped up this this World War II combat game. And interestingly enough, those those ships they were using were 3D printed. I think that's going to have something that that's going to change miniatures in the future. Oh, there, um, I, I backed a Kickstarter a couple of years ago that was doing doing that for D&D miniatures or mm -hmm. role playing miniatures in general, because they did more than just D&D. But that was real. The stuff they're doing with that, I think, is really interesting. I've also thought about three uh, D printing war games terrain. Sure. Yeah. Because so Lord knows was... that's not expensive enough. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was funny was we're sitting down, we're we're wrapping up, we're wrapping up a battle, and this guy comes over to us, and he starts to talk to us about, you know, history and stuff. Now again, this goes back to the point I'm trying to make, because these guys really only talk about what they know. So he's trying to relate to us. So we're sitting here playing Napoleonics. You're like, hey, what's your name? What do you do? All this guy. And he's sitting there going, just throwing factoids about World War II at us. Because that's his area of interest, right? Right, right. So he's like, did you know that half the munitions in the world were in the war were produced by just eleven American states? I'm like, okay, thanks, Pat Buchanan. Really it's like appreciate it. <laughs> you know, and it's and, and it just kept going and going and going. And it's like, well, look, obviously we're not playing World War II. We're playing Napoleonics. Right. So if you want to talk about that, we'll be happy to. Or you just want to just chat with us like a normal person. So I understand that's also something that kind of keeps people away from these games. But, like, I don't think girls want to sit through that crap. Right. I mean, I don't want to sit through that crap. I don't so. want, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. It was just like, and we're, we're sitting there trying to play this game. And, we're, and of course, you know, you're, you're going, okay, just go away. Just go away. Just go away. Stop. Stop. We just... We're trying to play a game here, and you're talking to us. Yep. And, and he's still going. He's still like, the thing about World War II was that we had the biggest shipbuilding capacity in the world. What happened to it? It's like, okay, stop. Go go vote for Trump somewhere else. Please. Just leave me alone. It was the same thing that happened with the Flames of War guys, the World War II, which I did think was a superior miniature game. Of all of them, I felt Flames of War was the best one. Yeah. Uh, smaller scale, 15 millimeter. I thought they thought the rules out a little bit better, and the armies all existed in certain eras, right? So you could play the Africa Corps, or the Eastern Front, or Normandy, post-Normandy, you know, that kind of stuff. And that was really cool. Uh, and But again, you ran into this problem with, like, these, these grodnards of yours all trying to one-up each other with their historical trivia facts. And you're like, okay, I get it. You, you, you know history. I believe you. And then you'll have guys who just this one kid who was hanging out around us was looking at the Napoleonic game. He had no concept of time. I, th all. I thought you were going to say personal space, which is also often an issue. There's that. There was definitely <laughs> that because he was lording over me, but he had no concept of time. So he was like, he was like, we're talking about Napoleon. He's like, so, so this was just a few years after Julius Caesar. <laughs> like, oh. I was like, no, no, no. That was. Years, years ahead, it was, you know, right after the American Revolution. Okay, so that's like in the 1300s, right? It's like, yeah, no, no, no. yeah, no. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, it is. Right. I was, I was, you're right, I should have done that, but I was like. You should be writing history books. Right, I was like, no, actually, you know, and I'm like, I guess I fell into the same trap because I'm trying to help the kid. And then he starts talking about like the, he keeps trying to change the subject to something he, I guess he thought I didn't know about. So he starts talking about like the fall of the Eastern Empire and the Ottoman Empire, and I'm like, why are we, why are we talking about this? It's difficult to change the subject to something, you know, something you know more about when you're a moron. <laughs> right, and that happens a lot with these war games. So we kind of we mentioned it briefly here before that that you don't you haven't really played uh, a tabletop like role playing game like D and D and whatnot. No, is there Donnell's much more into it. Yeah, is there? Do you have like a particular aversion to it, or? I I tried it once. It just, it just doesn't interest me. I try. I I guess Baruch tells me that I didn't have a good DM. Um, and I think I think maybe it's I I kind of like the limitations of of a, of a war game where you have the models and the movement and it's you kind of know what's going on. Yeah. With with D&D, &D, the only time I ever did it, I don't even know if I was doing D&D, &D, I was doing some sort of war game, a uh, uh, role-playing game. It was, uh, all right, 
you know, you got to walk into the, you're walking into this room. What do you do? And I was like, um, open the door. And he's like, okay, then what happens? Uh, I, I look around. Okay. And what, what do you, you, you see a chest. What do you do? Um, I'm going to open the chest. It's like, you can't, it's locked. Well, then I'm going to walk away from it. And he's like, don't walk away from the chest. You got to open it. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Right. So I, I was just kind of like. Yeah, there there was definitely, especially, thankfully, I have two guys who are who are in the party that I'm, for the, for the game I'm running. Because mm-hmm. this is my first experience at all, like, completely. So, as not, not just as a GM, but as a player, anything sure. like. So, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. It's 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 like you can do anything, so you don't know what to do. Well, so thankfully, I had two two ex- more experienced players. Right. Well, I mean, I, I had an experienced player, and I had Kyle. <laughs> How? <laughs> We're, we are never leaving Kyle alone with NPCs again. Oh God, that's funny. Non-playable characters, right? Yes. What did he do to it? He, nothing. He just can't interact with them. <laughs> it like it goes. It goes. Can't interact with living people either. So, I'll tell the story here. Like I sent them, I sent them to go pick up some some explosives, basically that are being kept in the back room of a bar. And the normal character they interact with at the bar is not there because he's the one who told them, "Hey, it's in the back. Go get him." Like okay, so Kyle walks in, introduces like doesn't really introduce himself to the other character. And he's like, "Hey, you know, so and so sent us uh, to get something out of the back room. Have you seen a crate of explosives?" And the other guy's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, it's like, hi, I'm Kyle. Can I get the explosives? <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's why I'm laughing so hard. Is Kyle would do exactly that in real life. Yes, he would. Kyle would go up and like, hey, can I get some cocaine? Like, that's what he would do. He'd go up to the bar like, like if you had a bar. I don't, I don't hang on, like in his drugs, defense, he, he would probably ask if they were a cop first. That's true. Right. Let's go up to the bartender's like, hey, how's it going? He's like, hey, you don't have to be a cop, are you? No. Are you the guy I get cocaine from? <laughs> like, that's the way he would do it in real life. Oh. So I, I, I see that. I see that. I, I, I believe that's the way it would play out. I, I, yeah, I mean, again, I have no personal aversion to role role playing games. I just find their their lack of tangibility something I'm just not interested in. Yeah, but yeah, I like I like moving stuff around a field. Yeah, but we've definitely had some some of the some of those issues where we're talking like, all right, you walk into a room, what like, all right, I'm like, all right, so what are you guys what are you guys gonna do? Cricket, cricket, cricket. Right, that's me. That's me. It's like. Um, gonna find a place to sit down well, like, there's nothing to sit down it spikes it's like well, oh okay well, i'm gonna sit down uncomfortably then yeah it's gonna be <laughs> it's, i think it'll be really awesome or i'm not gonna like it and never want to talk about it again <laughs> that's really what it is i've also I've, I've now officially learned that i can't give the part like i was like all right let me give the party like three days to just like take care of some stuff before i send them on the big mission never again <laughs> they are never <laughs> again getting like free time this is Star Wars, right? This is a Star Wars. Yes, they are constantly going to have missions now. Is this the Age of Rebellion game? No, I do. I do have one of those books here. Which one do I have? Or a Rebel? Not Rebel Assault. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's you're. It's like it's basically like there's three games. I have the Edge of Empire, which is actually not Warpoint. No, I'm actually playing running the um. The Saga edition of the Wizards of the Coast game. Got it. So it was that was in print like. Wizards of the Coast had the license for about 10 years. These went out of print now probably about 10 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. No, not quite. Um, 2010 was the last one. This is when the last one went out of print. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, the, I like the game because it's, it's nice. It's, it's, it's a lot more streamlined than a lot of the other ones they've they, they put together. Sure. It's it's D20 based, but it's not quite as as number number crunching heavy as, like, as D&D has been. Mm. But, uh, the only downside is that all the books are out of print. Oh, so you got to go eBay hunting for them? Yeah. I, now, I have all but one of them because I just don't okay. want to spend like $75 on that fucking book. Sure, sure, yeah. Do you find it tough to find people to play these games with, like the way it was with 40K and, and, and other war games? That's the other. That's always it the was, thing is 
that's the way like settlers Catan is so freaking popular because it shows up at all these conventions and everyone plays it so everyone can play settlers Catan. um but these games are a little more niche i i've had i've not had problems finding people who are interested i've had a problem trying to get schedules to match up so that we sure. can actually play sure and she's gonna throw something at me because she's gonna listen to this podcast and then throw something at me I've been been poking Tracy because we're all, we're trying to get a D and D group with me, Becky, Tracy, and Kurt going, mm-hmm. um, like like a once a month group. And I keep telling Tracy she has to buy the player's handbook so we can like <laughs> do it, and she just hasn't done it yet. And I keep poking her and poking her. So I don't know if that's actually going to get off the ground or not. I'd like it to because I've got a really fun in, like a really fun opening for that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I mean, with with these like with war games, it's it's a little with the board games the. I don't know how to say it properly. The the war board games, or the board war games. I mean, I don't. What's the right way to say that? War I don't games. Know. War games. War games. Uh, like like the the command and color series. It's very easy because it's just two people. So like I can right. just call up Baruch and be like, "All right, you want to play? Sure." With like D and D or something like that, or even like I have the Game of Thrones board game that I've been dying to try. Yeah. But really, it only works if you have six people. Yep. And it will take four to five hours to do or longer. Um, some fr- some friends of mine ran ran the, the the Game of Thrones one, and I think they were playing for three days. It ends on ten turns. How did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> it has a set ending. I, I just remember like seeing pictures. It was unless, like unless they didn't do that. Unless yeah, unless they didn't set the ending. That, I mean, that may have happened too. Yeah, because you have a little marker. You 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 on the on the tenth turn, the end of the tenth turn, the game is officially over. Yeah, and you see where you are, which is why I liked Risk Twenty Two Ten, Vice Regular Risk, or why I like um, Lords of Vegas, which is not a war game, but it's a Monopoly ish game. Right. It has a set ending. You yeah. Know, it ends. It ha- Seven Wonders has to end. It ends. You know, Dominion has to end. You know, so. That's why I like so these kind of cheeky risk monopoly games uh, that don't have endings. I, I just I don't I have no patience for those anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, trying to get the people together. Like we've got we've had a couple of weeks that were a little rough just trying to get everyone together because the schedules are like one of the guys had a death in the family, so we had to cancel that week. Like that that kind sure. of stuff. But then we uh, for the most part we've been we've been been pretty good about it. Yeah, like I play with two guys who who work at a, work at the comic. We play at a comic book store, which is not ideal in oh, terms okay, of like playing okay. playing in public. But the yeah. t- two of the guys I play it, it are the two guys who run the store. Sure. The third guy works two stores down. Okay. And then Kyle and I live within about three miles. Right. 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 So um, all of us getting there is really easy. There's a place near where I live on Claremont Mesa Boulevard. Uh, a little bit north of me. It's it's a store. It's called Game Up. And Thursday nights is their D&D night. Dude, I, I don't know if it's the case like this where you are. There are seven or eight tables full of six or seven people each, maybe more. The whole building is packed full of people. It's loud and boisterous. And there's – I don't know how you get a game done in that in that kind of situation. It is so – Honestly, I don't I don't know either. Um, I mean we're, we've only – there are a total of three groups that play there. Sometimes, like we're probably the most consistent group. There was a there's a a D and D group, D and D or Pathfinder, a D and D group that was playing on Wednesdays. That I guess hasn't been in in a few weeks. So that, I mean, they may they may still be playing, just not at the store. Mm-hmm. And then um, a couple of the other guys, a couple of the guys in my party, are playing with a couple of other guys, and they're also been, they've also been playing at the store. Mm-hmm. On like Saturdays or something, so like they've been, but like none of we've, we've never had it where we've had more than one group in at a time. Right. This is this place. It was like D and D night, and it's it's packed twenty, thirty, forty people maybe. Nice, huge. It was it's cool. I'm glad. And I think I don't know playing playing in public. I think is kind of a a good idea because you want you want to attract people to the game, right? That's why I bring up girls in war gaming. I would like more people in these games to make them popular so we have more players so we can play them more often yeah. that's that's the basic thing um interestingly enough when i do that like kind of questionnaire which we'll see in the second part one of the girls was worried that you know uh other girls would come into um these games 
and try and like muck them up the war games that we're talking about now and kind of change their very nature to quote unquote make them appealing to women um i don't know how you do that with a war game especially uh, like like something that's already got fixed rules right or or i mean like again a buddy's girlfriend of mine she just wanted it to maybe look a little more aesthetically pleasing yeah um i can i can kind of get that but like you can't really change the very nature of a war game right otherwise it ceases to be itself right it ceases to be a war game and then thus no longer goes right back to appealing not appealing right because it's no longer a war game uh so i don't know but i i i think playing in public has some merit because it's happened a number of times. People will look at the game we're playing and go, what are you guys doing? It's like, oh, this is such and such a game. This is what it is. This is what's great about it. Do you want to play it? You know, here's here's my, my I have a business card. So it's like, here's my card. Hit me up sometime. I think that's that's valuable. Yeah. And I mean, for a lot of things, I would agree. I think for the for the role playing, it's a little rough one because, you know, people are trying to act out of character so that there's that, that public embarrassment kind of thing. Oh, I Although, well, I mean, I mean, we've kind of we've kind of said fuck that, and I mean, we're just we're, we're just ridiculous, anyways. Right. But the other thing is, like, I agree. Like, people are like, oh, hey, what are you playing? And then they'll be like, oh, hey, are you looking for another player? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Well, so I mean, like, part of it is I don't. I would like to GM for like people I know, so I, I know what I'm getting, like in terms of a of a personality and a, and a player. Sure. Um, only only one of the guys in the in the party I didn't know before playing, and the other guys knew him, so they vouched for him. Right, and no, and, yeah. and he's actually become he's actually become one of the the tent poles of that group, like really holding it together. But like, you know, there's like a lot of these like high school kids who are in there, you know, playing magic. It's like I don't like I don't have time. I don't have time to run more, more than one group, like in, in on a weekly base on a weekly game. But also, I also don't have, like, I want to run for people, like, who I know are going to stick with the game and how they're, how they're going to play and things like that. Like, I want them to get into the game. Sure. I don't want to have a party of 30 people trying to, no. you know. Oh, God, no. Yeah, Donnell, my, my girlfriend, was into a D&D game. She found them through Meetup and, and turned out to be a really great group of guys. And, you know, she, she, she said lots of good things. She said there was a few of them, like a father-son team that were a little aggravating, but yeah. the, apparently the, the, the guy who's in, who ran it, uh, the DM or GM, what is it? It depends DM, on the game. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. DM and in, in, in Dungeons and Dragons. She says that he's, he's brilliant at handling them. It's it's almost like you have to be a social scientist to DM some of these games. See, 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 he must be brilliant. I went out and I bought a morning star that has a D a giant D 20 on the end. And if they start screwing off, they're going to get beaten with it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Do you from let's let's go back a few. This is an inside story, so I don't know how the listeners are going to feel about this one. Do you remember we were playing 40k in one of the dorms? I think I, I think, I, think was, I know. I think I know where this the, one's going. Yeah, the ENF, and we're playing with our our then friend John, who has since fallen off the face of the earth, and and he's getting wiped out. I think not by me. I think someone else is wiping him out, but he's using my dice. No, I think, I think, start... I think this story, I think it was actually playing you. Was it me? Yeah. And, and he starts chucking my dice across the room. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you better go pick those up or this is not going to end well for you. <laughs> and he's like refusing. He's like throwing my, my dice around. At least when you, when you th- started throwing stuff i threw my own shit you threw your own stuff so it was awkward but i was okay with it right uh he starts throwing my stuff around like there's stuff you just don't do so i start like if i remember correctly gathering stuff of his off the table you did that and then like like, go get my stuff like well and then after that like he's like no we finished fucking playing and then you you went you went over and sat down and started watching tv yeah yeah no because yeah i was like i'm not i'm not playing because you're not Sportsmanship is so important in these kind of things. Yeah, it, it didn't help that John was severely bipolar and unmedicated. Like he would just have these yeah. these flips and and throw tantrums. I remember he like you you and him got into a big shouting match. Oh, a couple times. Well, during the games that again you weren't even playing in. I think I was wiping him off the field again, and it was like you know. I think I was laughing at him or something. Yeah, you because it was. This is what happens when you load up one character. 
full of war gear. Yeah, 3,000 point army with 1,500 points of models. Right. 1,500 <laughs> points of war gear. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, they're all going to die. And they do. Uh, and he was just like, oh my god, if you weren't my friend, I'd punch you in the face. He's like, I'm going to kill you! <laughs> can, I, can we finish? <laughs> can we finish? Because I'm going to, you're going to lose. Yeah. Or you're throwing the game. Do you remember that video, uh, recently when the kid, the guy, this is a viral video where the guy flips the table during the magic game? I've actually heard that's staged. It's absolutely staged. It's absolutely staged. But it's, but it's not wrong. It's so funny. So here's the thing. If you click on that kid's YouTube page, yeah, that channel, it's all videos of this guy freaking out, this heavy set kid freaking out. And, and we'll link it in, in, the, in the show description so they know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, this video of this guy playing magic and go, whatever, this is exactly John, right? This, this yep. is whatever, just do what you're doing. I can't defend. Make a move. Do it. And the guy's like, Yo, I don't know what your deck's capable of. This other kid, I don't know what your deck's capable of. Just, you know, it's just... I don't think that kid was in on it. That's what I think, right? I think the big kid was in on it, and the guy filming was in on it. The kid across the table, I'm not 100% certain was in on it. Yeah. Because he sounds pretty genuine. And he's like, oh, and then he makes the draws top deck something goes uh you're dead what and he flips the table yep like you know he shakes it and then the guy goes judge and then he goes boom right he flips it and he stands up fuck you he starts screaming all that kind of yeah stuff. if you click on that on that guy's channel it's him freaking about freaking out about everything but and one of the other videos i watched he's screaming where's my mountain dew where did I, you took my mountain dew it's like no one took you back i put it in the microwave for safekeeping like, who puts mountain dew in a microwave and then he like opens it. I don't want to drink Fanta. And he opens up this bottle of Fanta and pours it on his face, right down his <laughs> like pours it. So you're watching this going, okay, this is all, yep, this is all just ridiculousness. Except but for the fact that we know someone kind of like that. We know people who are similar to this. I've never, I never saw John pour Fanta over his head, but no, and he certainly never flipped a table. He definitely. What's well, because we used to play on pool tables. That's true. Do you remember the time the guy tried to get us off the pool table? Yep. Yeah. That was funny. So we'll set the scene. We're down in the basement of the dorm, and there are pool tables in the dorm that, that nobody ever uses for playing pool. No one used. I don't even. And, I, honest to God, don't even. Didn't even think they were pool like billiard balls. Yeah, I don't think the things actually had balls. I think they were just pool tables that you had to bring your own stuff to. Yeah. And. We're setting up because I had built terrain, this kind of like just mucky, you know, Card, spray cardboard boxes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cardboard boxes that we made into buildings. And and I, I, I actually enjoyed doing that. And even built like a church. Remember that? I've oh, yeah. And we, so we do it and we were laying them out. And we just get started. And the, this kid comes up to us and he goes, you need to get off this pool table. And it's like, no, we don't. It's like this. I need to play pool. Okay, we're well, gonna wait for us to finish because you know we'll take about two hours. We'll be done because it was a weekend. Right. There's still there's still plenty of time left in the day. Yeah. And he's like, "Well, this pool table's for pool. It's also a table. Right. You use for many things." And he goes and he gets the cop. He gets the campus cop. He leaves in frustration. Who who I would like to point out, we discovered was also a war gamer. Was he? I don't remember that. Yeah, RoboCop used to be used to. Used to like collect miniatures and and do other like war not like not like Warhammer but like historical war games. Right. So he's like, "Is there any way you can move this?" He's like, "We just started. Everything needs to be exactly where it is, or or it's over with." And I think there was another pool table across the room. Yeah. Where guys were playing pool. And like, just wait for them to finish. Right. There's four four pool tables in the entire campus. I think you just go find them. I couldn't get over that. Like, yeah. That was so funny. He went. It was. And he was so hooked up on the, the pool table is for playing pool. So I'm going to get a cop <laughs> and tell yep. them. That. that was like, yep. I couldn't get over that. I could. Oh, boy. The, the, just trials and tribulations of these games. Yeah. I, I, I do feel like I owe you an apology because we've been talking a lot about the Command and Color series, which I, I really enjoy. I've had that thing in storage for years. <laughs> it's been at the house when we were living together. It was in like this big one of the big boxes that I just never opened. I bought it in 2009, and I haven't cracked it open until the fall of last year. And I'm like, oh my god, where has this been? And the only reason why is because of this new uh, resurgence in board games. Everyone's like, oh yeah, I really like board games, I like board games, okay. 
let's 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 crack this one out because it's technically a board game. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is so simple and so much fun and easy to play. Where the hell has it been? It's been in a box for the last seven years. Yeah. Oh, God. I always feel bad about that. (laughs) Because I I feel like you and I would have really enjoyed this game. Probably, yeah. Like, like, because we never played Warhammer when we were living together. No, but at that point, we'd pretty much fallen out of it. We really have. And and if I feel like if I had said, hey, you want to play Command & Colors? You would have been like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Super easy. All right. Well, I think we've uh, we've beaten this horse to death uh, repeatedly. I so. so I think that the point is, chicks, start playing war games. I've only ever seen one. There's a shop around here called Villainous Lair. I've only seen one girl play 40k. Stereotypically enough, all of her miniatures are painted pink. <laughs> um, but yeah, more people the better. But find the right game. I I really think the Command and Color series is 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 the best starter the guy's name is richard borg he, he designed it he's designed a couple of other games uh memoir 44 which is a world war ii style game apparently simpler than commanding colors the great war that came out last year like middle of last year 2015 is a world war one variant and he's got another one called battle lore which was put out by fantasy flights and the one thing about fantasy flights is their games are pretty yeah. The one thing you say about them is their games are pretty. I have Warhammer 40K Relic, Game of Thrones board game. Uh, both of those are really, really pretty. But I would say check out that that kind of stuff and I, try them. It's just two-player games. They're really easy. No no assembly required. just got to put stickers on blocks. Nice. That's it. All right, folks. Well, if you like what we do, make sure you head on over to thereforegeek.com. Check out our blog posts and our podcasts. You can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. And you can find this podcast and other podcasts like it on iTunes, Stitcher, and we are now on SoundCloud. Yay, SoundCloud! So once again, I'm Andrew. Uh, I'm Tracy. And you've been listening to Therefore I Geek. (laughs) 